Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. What's up? I want to welcome everyone at Plantation all weekend long. What's up, Gateway? Shout out to you as well. Or if you're watching online or somewhere else, hopefully not driving, welcome to you as well. So glad to have you. My name is Will Hutcherson. I'm our next generation pastor here at Next Level. And what that means is I get to work with our kids' ministry, our youth ministry, and our leadership academy that we have for our college students. And so I get the privilege of, uh, of working with an amazing team of people to create next-gen environments here at Next Level, and I absolutely love it. And the reason why I love it is because I love the heart of, of our, our church and this heart for the next generation, that we believe that God is a God of the generations, and we have this amazing opportunity to present Jesus to the next generation, and that is a heartbeat. It is ingrained in the foundation of our church, right from the heart of our lead pastor, Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller, who have just uh, ingrained this idea of leading the next generation. And I, for one, am very thankful because not only are they allowing me to uh, to lead the next generation in, in this way, but they've invested so much into me as one of the next geners, if you will, and uh, I'm a product of that. So can we just honor them and thank them for just being the amazing leaders that they are? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited to share this weekend. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Matt uh, asked me, he's like, hey, you know, you want to you wanna speak um, on this weekend, back to school weekend. And I thought, yeah, that's, that'd be great. I would love to do that. Uh, and I said, what do, you, what do you want me to share? You know, you want me to share some, you know, like you know, back to school stuff? Like, I don't know what that means, but you know, like talk about something in that regard. And he's like, no, no, just speak about whatever you want. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a lot of responsibility for, uh, for a guy like me. So, you know, I thought about it. You know, I thought about, you know, maybe I could talk about what I talk about with the teenagers all the time you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, and I thought, well, you probably don't want to hear that, and so I thought, well, maybe I could teach on, you know, 31 principles of systematic theology, you know, but now no, you're not going to like that either, so, so I really wanted to keep it simple, and, and really, this weekend, I want to talk about this question, and, and to, to really, just a very simple question that I believe is a question that we should ask, and, and a question that you should ask, and that I should ask, and and if we can get this question right, and if we ask ourselves this question, not only in, in one phase or one season of our life, but consistently throughout our life, I believe that this question will be a game changer for us. That this, this one question is a question we must ask, but oftentimes we don't ask it enough. And no matter where you are on this continuum of, uh, let's say there's a zero, and on this side of the continuum is like, you know, I don't even believe in Jesus. I'm not really, a, you know, into this whole church thing. And maybe you're brand new, by the way, and you're here and you're checking out church, you're checking out Christianity for the first time. I believe you're asking this question. Maybe you're asking it in a different way, but you're asking this one question. And this one question, if you can solidify this question, this will change your life. And others of us, maybe we're on this side of the continuum and we 
We've been following Jesus, maybe been following Jesus for years, decades even. And you need to ask yourself this question as well. And here's the question, a simple question, is simply this. Why do I follow Jesus? Why do I follow Jesus? And the reason why this is a, a, a question to, that we need to ask ourselves, and, and it seems kind of elementary, I get that, but hang on, hang, hang with me for a little bit here. Because this question, if we can really solidify this question, then this question will help us to build an authentic faith. Without this question, we cannot build an authentic faith. And here's why. Because there will come a moment in our life where our faith is challenged. And there will come a moment where this question will be forced upon us and we, it will force us to tough times and challenges will force us to ask this question, why do I follow Jesus? And in that moment, if we cannot solidify that answer, we will walk away and we will turn our backs from our faith. Because that, or that, that moment in tough times, we will make an emotionally charged decision instead of a commitment of our heart in good times. So ask ourselves, why do we follow Jesus? If you're on this side of the continuum, you're asking the question, why do these people follow Jesus? Why do Christians follow Jesus? What's the big deal about Christians or Jesus? Like, what's, what, what's the big deal? You're asking that question. And others of us, we need to ask that question as well. I think oftentimes we're afraid to in faith community because asking this, this question makes us seem like we don't have faith, right? I mean, come on, if you've been around church for a long time, it's kind of like, well, I follow Jesus because the Bible says so, you know? And parents, you know how much that doesn't work uh, at all with your kids. My five-year-old says the craziest things. You know, he's like, I want to be God. Why do you want to be God? He's like, that way I can make my own choices. Well, who are you? Like, who says that? You're five. Like, you're like a 15-year-old in a 5-year-old's body. Like, what's going on, right? He's like, why is the sky blue? Um, we're driving down the road. Like, uh, it's just, uh, it's blue. I mean, God, God, God made it blue. Why did God make it blue? I don't, I don't, I, he likes blue. He, he likes the color blue. How did he do it? I don't, I don't know. The sky's blue, right? I'm like, just, just, just trust me on this. Like, God made the sky blue, like, somehow. But, you know, it's like this question of why, why, why. You know what? We will ask this question in other areas of our life. We ask it all the time in other areas of our life. Oftentimes, we will ask this question in moments of pain, right? And this is true with faith as well. We will ask this question in pain. I know I ask this question all the time when I work out. Every time I work out, the question I think is, why am I doing this? It's especially true because lately I've been, you know, I've been getting into boxing, uh, which makes a whole lot of sense for a scrawny guy like me. Um, but I've been getting into boxing. I've been lifting some weights. And uh, at 5 a.m., I, I work out sometimes with these guys. And uh, there's two guys I lift weights with. One is Mike Ash, our executive pastor, who's really tall and big. And, you know, just, he's a meathead. And, um, and then there's another guy who's big and tall, too. And, you know, these two buff guys, you know. And so it's like, it's, it's so silly. Here they are, you know, they're lifting weights. They got two forty-five plates on each side. And they're having a conversation. Oh, yeah, so I was telling her the other day, you know, I think we should, uh, you know, just having a conversation. Like, it's a breeze. And they get done with their sets, and they look at me, and, like, they take off the 45 plates because they know better. They kind of look at me like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, well, you know, uh, 
And I kind of strained my elbow. Because that's not my elbow at all. This is my elbow. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll push myself, though. I go ahead and put the fives on. And, you know, I get underneath that, and it's like... Spot, spot, something, spot. You know, and I, I'm dying. You know what I do at the end of that? I'm like, why do I work out? And you know, why do I work out with these guys? Like, it's so discouraging. It's so discouraging. Parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you, have, you have kids, and I, there are moments, and you ask that question, God, why have you forsaken me? Right? You know, you do that. Like, parents and kids, if you're in this room, teenagers, you're in this room, you think, I w- I've never been mean to my parents. Oh, you have tortured them. <laughs> Guaranteed you have, right? I, I have a two-year-old, my two-year-old. She sleeps in, and we have to wake her up most weekdays, except for the day that we get to sleep in, Saturday mornings. That's the morning that she wakes up at 5.30 a.m. every single week, and that is a moment. When I ask the question, why? And I say, God, why? (laughs) Why have you forsaken me? Like, right, you know, newborns. How many of you are in the newborn stage right now? Raise your hand. It's okay. We're going to pray for you. Uh, If you have a newborn, because you know you're not getting any sleep, and nor are you happy, and there is nothing like a child crying hysterically at 3 a.m. to make you think God has forsaken you. Guaranteed. I remember our firstborn, Liam, you know, at 3 a.m., he wouldn't go back to sleep. You know, I'm patting the butt, doing the whole thing, you know, the little thing. If you're like, what are you doing? That, that's what you do. You just uh, you pat his little diaper, you know, and it, somehow you rock and you shake, and you're like, you're doing, not shake. You don't shake a baby, <laughs> but you rock, you know, and I'm like, come on, like, go to sleep. And I remember one time, you know, I'm like, well, maybe his dirt, you know, diaper's dirty. So I put him down, changing it, nothing's in there. And as I'm sliding in a new diaper, he poops in my hand. <laughs> and it's like that moment where you're just cringing. You're like, no! And it's 3 a.m. and you're tired and you're sleep deprived because he hasn't slept in, in two weeks, right? And it's that moment, I'm like, God, why have you, Ariane, Ariane, Ariane. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm gagging, really. I'm like, it's just a terrible, terrible moment. And all of you people right now who are like way past the newborn stage and your kids have moved out, you're sitting back and you're like, oh, oh, I remember those days. Oh, you you guys, you're going to be fine. And like, listen, don't judge me. I know I'm going to be fine. But right now we're in the thick of it and there's poop on my hand. And it's and it's terrible, and it's that moment, and I'm like, God, why, right? We ask that, mo- that question in so many different areas, and oftentimes when we're facing pain, we will ask the question, why? And the same is true in our faith, but here's the problem. If we wait to ask the question, why, in a tough circumstance, in tough times, then we may lean out from our faith, because in that moment, Why do I follow Jesus? We will either lean in in times when we're facing pain or we will lean out. We will either lean in or we will lean out. And better to ask that question now and to ask the question, why do I follow Jesus before we are forced to ask that question, why I follow Jesus? Because perhaps, perhaps we may turn away from our faith otherwise. If we cannot solidify this question. It is a must for us to ask this question. And maybe you've asked this question before, and it is a must for us to re-ask this question today. Why do I 
follow Jesus. So as you came in today, you received the bulletin. If you go ahead and grab that bulletin, open it up, you'll find a slip of paper. You can follow along. It's four ways to follow Jesus. You can also uh, go on your Next Level Church app and follow along that way as well. But here are four ways to follow Jesus, four levels, if you will. And kind of illustrate this, let me give you an illustration of, of these these levels, it's, you have level one, kind of starts at the bottom. This is the entry level. Like, everyone follows Jesus here at this entry level, and then it kind of goes up to level two, level three, and then level four is kind of the pinnacle. Like, this is the, man, you are following Jesus at the pinnacle of following Jesus. And so I want to talk through these different layers, and you know, as you can see, they kind of go uh, gradually up to the top. And so the first reason, and the first way that we follow Jesus is because of this, is because we have to. We follow Jesus because we have to. Now, here's the thing. Every single one of us start following Jesus because we have to. When I think about a guy in the Bible who started following Jesus because he had to, I think about, I think about Peter. You might say, Peter? Peter, the guy that, like Jesus said, I'm going to build my church on you, that Peter? Yeah, that Peter. Ultimately, Peter started following Jesus because he had to. How do we know this? Because Peter was a Jewish boy. You know what every Jewish boy's dream was? To follow a rabbi. And he studied the first five books of the Bible, and he memorized it, and he went through the whole education system. And when he turned 12, he looked anxiously waiting for a rabbi to come by and say, Peter, follow me, and no rabbi came. And he went back to his father's trade. And here we find, at the beginning of Peter's story, Jesus intersects, and he says, come, follow me. And in that moment, if you've been around church or Bible study for a while, You may have heard, like, Peter left everything to follow Jesus. He did. He left a lot behind that was familiar. But he wasn't leaving behind ultimately what his dream was. Every Jewish boy's dream was to follow a rabbi. And Peter had no other opportunity because no other rabbi was asking except for this one. Peter started following Jesus because ultimately he had to. To fulfill the dream, there was no other rabbi asking, and he wanted to follow a rabbi. This was his time, and he began to follow Jesus because he had to. Every single one of us begin to follow Jesus ultimately because we have to. Everyone starts here. Some of you, you're here this weekend, and you're sitting next to uh, you know, someone that invited you or maybe drugged you, maybe tricked you, and they said, hey, we're going to go to a party, and now you're at church. And maybe that person is your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. Maybe it's the person you're hoping will become your husband or your wife or just your girlfriend. Maybe it's the person you like and they don't know you like them. So you're like, hey, I'll go to church with you. What's up now? (laughs) You know? (laughs) By the way, I started going to church because I wanted to meet a girl. And it worked. I met Jesus and ended up meeting the girl later, a different girl. Don't worry about it. Uh, But (laughs) I got got awkward. Um, (laughs) So, and maybe you're here because you feel like you have to, and, and that's okay. I, that's all right. If you're here because someone drug you and you're, you have to be here, and that's fine. Everyone starts here. Maybe you're here and you're a business leader, and you feel like, man, I have to go to church because that's how I'm going to grow my business. I'm going to meet some, some people and network and make some connections. And yes, churches are great places to meet people, but if we're only following Jesus so we can grow our business, then perhaps we're following Jesus because we ultimately have to in order to be successful. Some of us, we're teenagers, and right now we're sitting back and we're, we're listening with our arms crossed. And we're here because our parents drug us here. And they're making us come, and somehow they weasel us in. You know, well, it's mom's birthday, so you've got to come this, this weekend. And so here you are, and you're looking at me, and you're like, this guy, 
He doesn't know what he's talking about. I know everything in this world. And maybe you do, and that's okay. I don't doubt that. I believe you know a lot. But you're here because you have to be here. And, and that's okay because everyone starts there. But my hope is that you would open up your heart just a little bit and hear maybe a little bit more to the story of faith. And parents, oftentimes we're discouraged because our kid is just following Jesus because we're making them. And they're not owning their faith. And they're just, they're just leaning into our faith. And we're hoping that one day they will have an authentic faith of their own and they will, le- they will own their own faith. Parents, let me say this. If that's you, the best thing you can do is make them come. Make them come. Do everything you can to coerce them to come because the right environment will ultimately lead to the right emotions. And right actions will lead to the right emotions. And getting them into an environment where at least they can hear truth it will, will help them to take another step of devotion. Others of us, we're here because at one point we hit rock bottom. And you, you denied God, and you denied following him, and you denied his principles, and you said, no, 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 I'll, I'll, yeah, I like you, I like you, I, you know, I'll go to church on Easter, I'll go on church Christmas. And all of a sudden, something took place, and you hit rock bottom, and God allowed your, your choices to finally lead to a place of desperation, and you had nowhere else to turn. And you're here because ultimately, at some point, you had no other choice. It was either this or nothing. And you are here, and you started following Jesus because you have to. And some of you, you're here right now because you ultimately feel like there's nowhere else to turn. And let me say this, if that's you, you're in the right place. And my hope is, is that you will move from just having to, to another step. Because if we just stay here, we will miss the blessing of truly following Jesus completely. And so my question for us is, are we following Jesus just because we have to? Because it's what's familiar, it's what we've always done. It's the right thing to do. Or are we following him for so much more? Because eventually we have to level up and take another step and begin to follow Jesus for number two, second level, because we want to. Because we want to. And this is a moment where we make a decision, right? This is a moment where we go from having to follow Jesus to making a decision to follow Jesus. And we say, okay, I'm taking that step. I want to follow Jesus. And you know, I think most people live here. I think most people want to follow Jesus. I think most people like Jesus. I think most people think Jesus is cool. You know, God, who doesn't want to follow a God of love who sacrificed his son for you and says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you in hard times. I'll be present. You can pray for me. I'll listen. Like, that sounds like a great God. I think ultimately a lot of people want to follow Jesus. We do. And I think about a guy in the Bible who wanted to follow Jesus too. And he has this conversation. His name's Nicodemus. And if you're, you've been familiar to Bible, so you've been around church, maybe you've heard this. And you heard this story of Jesus talking to this Pharisee. And they start talking about born again. And the famous scripture, John three sixteen, that whosoever, or that, oh my goodness. I just messed up John three sixteen. <laughs> like that is a pastoral sin right there. It's like, it's like the, the scripture. You, anyways. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If there's any pastors watching right now, they're totally judging me. They're like, that guy's a fake. He's a fraud. (laughs) No, I just forgot. It was a momentary moment of emptiness. Uh, But anyways... (laughs) Wow, it, went, it happened again. <laughs> Nicodemus. So Jesus, actually, when Jesus said that, 
He's actually talking to Nicodemus in that moment. That's, that's the guy he's talking to, the Pharisee. And we don't hear anything about Nicodemus again. He goes off the radar. But in that moment, John 3, Nicodemus actually made a decision to start following Jesus. He did. But he kind of secretly followed Jesus. And yes, he was a Pharisee, and he was afraid of what the religious people would think. And so he kind of followed Jesus from a distant decision that he made long ago. And we see this arise again, and we see Nicodemus kind of come back on the picture in John chapter 19. After Jesus had died on the cross, Nicodemus pops up. Look at this. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. So Jesus is on the cross right now, and this guy Joseph comes up and says, hey, can I have the body? Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. Now, Joseph is following Jesus from the same thing. Joseph is following Jesus from a distant decision, but he's not telling anyone. His life doesn't look any different because of it. He's following Jesus secretly. Well, he has a friend. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. Oh, and look at this. Enter Nicodemus. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus, all this time, made a decision in that moment to follow Jesus. But his life looked nothing different. He was living and following Jesus from a distant decision. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. In other words, he honored Jesus a lot. And he loved Jesus. He liked Jesus. He wanted to follow Jesus. But ultimately, Nicodemus was following Jesus from a distant decision. And when I think about this story, and I think about people who follow Jesus from a distant decision, I think about my neighbor, and uh, Ariane and I, um, not my current neighbor, so if you're my current neighbor, you're awesome. Um, but we, we lived in a condo for a while, and we lived on the bottom portion, and we had a neighbor who lived on the top portion, and uh, this neighbor, was, he was a great guy, but he loved life, and he really loved life at 3 a.m., and he would party at 3 a.m., he would, you know, there would be sounds we would hear, and I can't even begin to describe those sounds. Like, there would, you know, I would walk out on my porch, I would smell an aroma of things that just smell illegal. And, um, and, and this guy, I mean, he loved life. And I remember one time, and I was always nice to him, we, we were talking outside, and uh, he asked me, he goes, hey, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, geez, this could go one way or the other, you know. And I said, well, I'm a I'm a pastor. And he goes, no bleeping way, man. Oh, yeah, that's, that's bleeping awesome. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian too. <laughs> I smile. I'm like, oh, you, you are. That's great. He's like, yeah, man. Bleeping 20 years ago in Jersey, I, I made a decision, started following Jesus. And man, yeah, I love Jesus. And in that moment, I, I don't doubt that, by the way. Like, I don't doubt that he loves Jesus. I believe he's following Jesus. He loves Jesus. I believe that. And I believe that he believes that God, or that Jesus is the son of God. I believe that. But my neighbor in that moment was following Jesus ultimately because he wanted to. And he was following Jesus from a distant decision that he made 20 years ago. And his life wasn't looking any different because of that decision. It was just a decision that lived way out here. And he was living his life way right here. And just like Nicodemus, who made a distant decision, his life looked nothing different. And so many of us, this is where we get stuck. We like Jesus. We believe in Jesus. We believe he's the son of God even. And we follow him from a distant decision because we want to. But here's the problem. The problem is if we only follow Jesus because we want to, eventually a tough time will come. 
eventually a circumstance, a challenge will come, and eventually we will either make the choice to lean in to our relationship with God, or we will lean out. And if we're only following Jesus because it's convenient and when we want to, we will eventually lean out. And this is what happens to so many of us. When we follow Jesus when it's convenient or because we want to, our schedules get busy and school year is about to begin and the schedule's going to get hectic and soccer, you know, this day and this at this day. And the first thing that we're going to begin to lean out of if we're following Jesus because we want to or because it's convenient is we're going to stop praying in the car. And we're going to stop praying at mealtimes. We're going to stop having spiritual conversations with our kids. And we're going to, you know, get spotty on our church attendance. And all of a sudden, we're going to lean away from our relationship with God because it's no longer convenient for, her, for us because we're only following Jesus from a distant decision that we made years ago, maybe months ago. And we will lean out when tough times come. And when we do, we will miss out on the full blessing of what God desires us to do in following him. So my question is this, are you following Jesus from a distant decision? Because if you are, you will lean out more than likely in tough times, or you will choose to lean in and it will cause you to follow Jesus for a whole nother reason. And it's this, number three, is because of what he's done. And there will come a moment where you choose to follow Jesus, not because uh, 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 you want to, not because it can be, not because you have to, but you will remember all the amazing things that God has done, and you will begin to follow Jesus because of what he's done. And you will say, wow, look what he's done. You know, we were in this situation, our marriage was a mess, and God healed it. You know, our financial picture was, you know, we were stuck in this place, and God moved. You know, I was, I was down and out, and God restored me. I was broken, and he healed me. Like, God did amazing things, and I'm following Jesus because of what he's done. And we will take a step of devotion, and that will be a level that we just start to excel in. And this happened. This happened in Luke chapter 7, and Jesus is invited over to a Pharisee's house, and he's, he's kind of sitting back at the Pharisee's house, lounging, and something takes place. This woman walks in, and here's what it says. Luke, Luke chapter 7, look at this. One of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house, and he reclined at the table. So Jesus, picture this. He's sitting at the table. He's leaning back, eating what I would believe grapes, maybe a Vienna sausage. I don't know. He's, you know, he's just hanging out, hanging out, reclining at the table. And this, this amazing thing happens. A woman in the town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there. Whoa. She came there to the Pharisee's house. What? With an alabaster jar of perfume, a really expensive jar of perfume. And then this happened. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured the perfume on her. Now, time out for a moment, because uh, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking. If I picture myself reclining back, eating Vanna sausages, as Jesus was, and all of a sudden this woman walks in and my toes are now moist. Does this not creep anyone else out? Like, this creeps me out. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, this is terrible. But worse than that, now you have moist toes, and now they're hairy because she's wiping them with her hair. Like, this, this is not making you cringe. Like, you read this, and you're like, no. And then now they smell of potpourri. It's like this perfume just poured on them. It's like you have this moist, wet, hairy aroma. Ugh. Like, and this moment is taking place, and it's, 
as creepy as it is, it's worship, and she's worshiping God. And you know what happens? This. The Pharisee who invited Jesus in said to himself, you know, if this man, if this man were really a prophet, he would know who's touching him. And that she is a sinner. What kind of woman she is? She's that kind of woman. She's a sinner. He would never let her touch. If he knew, if he really were a prophet, he would never let her touch him. And yet here he is. And, and this woman, think about this, okay? This woman just walked into a house of judgment. A house of judgment. If she was following Jesus because she wanted to, or because she had to, you know, it's not like somebody's out there, like, outside, like, hey, here's a jar of perfume, I'll give you five bucks, you go wipe it on his feet. It'll be a good joke. Like, that's not happening, right? She's not following him because she has to. She's not following him because she just wants to. Like, it's convenient for her. This is absolutely 100% inconvenient. You don't walk into a Pharisee's house and face that judgment and embarrass yourself by crying on someone's feet. You don't do that. You want to know why she did it? Because of what he has done. And no one had shown her that kind of kindness before. And no one had shown her that kind of grace. And no one has looked into her eyes before and said, daughter, you are forgiven. She had to worship Jesus. She had to worship. She could not hold it in because of who he was. She had to worship Jesus. Now think about my my five-year-old Liam. And there's moments where he follows me because he just has to, you know, dad. There's moments he follows me, you know, because, uh, you know, because he wants to, you know. But really, I think Liam most of the time follows me because of what I've done in the past. And and specifically when it comes to ice cream, ice cream. Like he follows me heart and soul with ice cream because I've given him ice cream. Hey, dad, can we go get ice cream? Absolutely. Ice cream is my love language. I love ice cream. Like, let's go get ice cream. But one night it was late, really late, and he's like, Dad, let's go get ice cream. And I'm like, buddy, we can't tonight. Like, I want to. It's really late. We got to get home. You know, you got school. Sugar will not be good for you. And you know what he says? He gets mad, and he's like, you're not my dad anymore. I'm like, buddy, buddy I'm still your dad. Mm-mm. And this moment happened. You want to know why? Because in that moment, I wasn't doing what Liam believes I should do. And I wasn't being who Liam believed I should be. And I wasn't doing exactly what he thought in that moment that dad should do. And some of us, we've said to God, God, you're not my dad anymore. Because God is not doing what you believe God should do. And at some point, some circumstance took place and a hardship took place and a hard time took place. And we said to God, God, you're not my dad anymore. Because you're not doing what I believe you should do. And we've leaned out. And maybe you're here and you still come to church, but your heart is far from him. And you've leaned out from your relationship with God. And you're no longer allowing your heavenly father to lead you. And I believe this weekend, God wants to be your heavenly father again. I think of a student in our student ministry who was devoted. And he was following Jesus. And, and man, he was just passionate. And his grandfather got sick. And his grandfather was a pastor, a good man, and did all these things. And they began to pray for him. He had cancer, and they believed that God could heal cancer, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and his faith was so high. And then his grandfather passed away. And in that moment, he had been following Jesus because of what he has done. 
in the moment that God was no longer doing what he believed God should do. God, you should heal him. He's a good man. God, we prayed for this. You said if we ask anything in your name, it would be done. Here we are in agonizing pain. God, in brokenness, you didn't answer our prayer. And you're not doing what we believe you should do. And in that moment, he walked away. He walked away from his faith. Because God was no longer doing what he believed God should do. And if we only follow Jesus because of what he's done, tough times will come. And when God no longer does what we believe God should do, then we will turn back and we will walk away from our faith. And there comes a moment where we have to choose, just like this student did six months later, where he began to come back and lean into his relationship with God. And he said, I'm not going to follow you, God, because of what you've done. I'm going to choose to follow you for a different reason. It's this, number four, because of who he is. And there has to be a moment where we say, God, no matter what happens, no matter whether it's good or bad, I'm choosing to follow you because of who you are. And when I think of someone who followed Jesus because of who he was, I think about the thieves on the cross. And you think about Jesus on the cross and one side, there's one thief. The other side, there's another thief. And one thief begins to mock Jesus. He says, hey, if you're the son of God, why don't you get off this cross and get us down too while you're at it? And the other one leans back and he says, do you have any fear of God? You know who you're talking to? He says, Jesus, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus looks back to him and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. And that guy right there in that moment, that thief on the cross, he wasn't following Jesus because he had to. He was gaining nothing from that. He wasn't following Jesus because it was convenient for him. He was on a cross. He wasn't following Jesus because of what Jesus had done. You know what happened to the thief that day? He still died. He was following Jesus because Jesus was the son of the living God. And he said, I will follow you no matter what. I can die today on this cross, but you're the son of God. And if we choose to follow Jesus with that kind of devotion, to say, God, no matter what happens, no matter the outcome of the sickness, God, no matter the outcome of this circumstance, no matter the outcome Of this tough time, God, right now, in this moment, I'm choosing to say, I will follow you because of who you are. And when we lead, and when we lean in to our faith, and we follow him with that kind of devotion, we experience the blessing of following Jesus because of who he is. And my son, Liam... He doesn't always follow me because of who I am, but this one time, a couple weeks ago, he did. And we were kayaking, and we were doing some fishing. And uh, we were off the beach, and about four feet of water. And he said, Dad, I want to get out on the sandbar, and I want to stand there. I said, okay, buddy, you can get out. And in that moment, I saw a shadow in the water, and I said, hold on, buddy, hold on. And he stopped. He doesn't always stop. He's five. But he stopped in that moment. And I looked at the the shadow, I cast the fishing pole over there and I realized in that moment as a fin came up, it was a shark. And it wasn't just a small shark, it was about a five or six foot shark, about half the size of our kayak. He swam even closer to us and in that moment, Liam got scared when I told him it was a shark and he began to follow me. You wanna know why he followed me? If he was following me just because he wanted to, because he had to, he would have gotten the water. 
If he was following me because of what I'd done in the past, he would have still gotten the water. In that moment, he was following me because he trusted me as his father. And you know what? If he, if he didn't, any other reason, Liam would have gotten the water. And Liam could have gotten bit by a shark. And some of us, we've gotten out of the boat and we've gotten bit because we've been following Jesus. We've been following God because we have to. And that tough time came and that decision came and we chose another path. And we, we've been following him because we made a distant decision and we've chosen another path and we've got bit and we've been following him because of what he's done and we've gotten bit. And God would say to you, I wanna be your heavenly father again. Let me lead you, trust me, follow me because of who I am, faithful, heavenly father. I will never leave you nor forsake you, even though it seems like I'm a million miles away. I promise you right now in this moment, I'm here, I'm present right now, where you are, where you're sitting, where you're watching, God is present. And he wants you to take a step to follow him. And so my question for us this weekend is why do you follow Jesus? Why? Do I follow Jesus? Ask yourself that question right now. Which level are you at? Are you following Jesus because you have to? Are you following him because you want to? Are you following him from a distant decision? Are you following him because of what he's done in the past? But eventually God will do what you believe God shouldn't do or God won't do what you believe God should do. And he'll turn away and he'll lean out. And right now he's asking you, follow me because of who I am. And when we choose to do that, parents, leaders, when we choose to follow Jesus because of who he is, our character becomes more like him. You know what the interesting thing is? People start to follow us because of who we are too. Are you leaning out? Take that step. If you've never taken that step to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never taken that step to make a decision, that's your next step. Take that step. If maybe you've done that, and maybe you need to begin to follow Jesus and remember all the things he's done for you. But don't just stay there, that maybe you've been following Jesus because of all the great things he's done for you. But I tell you, one time, there will come a time where a tough time, tough circumstance will come, and you must follow Jesus for a completely different reason. Because of who he is, no matter what, no matter what comes, I will follow you. Come on, every environment, every campus, let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you so much for your patience for us. And God, I pray this weekend that you would help us to take a step. God, for those of us who are asking the question, why? Why do these people follow you? God, I pray that you would help us to take a step and make a decision to follow you, to give you a chance to lead in our lives. God, for those of us who have made a decision, but we're leading and following you from a distant decision, God, I pray that we would begin to follow you because of what you've done and how you've rescued us. And God, for those of us who are following you because of just what you've done, God, I pray that you would help us to take a step and choose to follow you because of who you are. You are the son of the living God, our heavenly father. Lead us, guide us. In Jesus' name we pray. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com. 
and help us bring you more messages just like this one every single week. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks for joining us online. Have a great week.